Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is your host, Christine Madeira, and we're back today with Amy Dempster. I'm going to describe her today as the Ascension Queen or like the Ascension Master because she really is deeply talking about how we are ascending and awakening in our personal lives as well as on the earth. And she's doing this in lots of really interesting ways. And we're going to touch on some of those today. She has her own podcast called The Earth Keepers. It's very interesting. You can find it on all podcast venues. And she has her Earth Tenders Academy, which is an online immersive journey that helps you to connect with your ancient ancestors, to communicate with the seen and unseen forces in the environment, and to really begin to use these connections and energies to heal the land, heal yourself, and to heal in general. So thank you, Amy, for being here. It's always exciting to talk with you. Oh, I'm so excited to be back. And thanks for that awesome introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you really are, of all the people that I hear talking about Ascension, you're really quite grounded in that, which is interesting because you're like an earth healing expert, right? So I, I love that you're, you, you always bring it back down to the earth and down to practicality and how it's actually if, affecting us on a physical level and on an emotional level and on these things that are not like, you know, way out there ideas. Well, I guess they kind of are, but they're, they're about things that we can connect with, you know, because we experience our body, we experience the earth and we can add to these experiences during this ascension process. So I really appreciate how, like what you bring to that conversation. So we were just talking before we got started here about how everything really changes actually moment to moment. So it's hard to, you know, stamp out one particular way that something is changing. But one of the big changes that has happened in the last year and such is that the old systems that we've been operating under have been completing and kind of our 3D earthbound separation-based energies and systems have all started crumbling to the extent that they're, they can't really be revived. And our new way of living and being is emerging. And part of that is that we're all opening up to having an experience of our multidimensional existence rather than just our physical existence. And so I'm really excited about that kind of exploration, but what does it mean to you and what experiences has, have you had as far as expanding into this multidimensional sense of who you are? Wow. It's, it's really even hard to imagine thinking back all of the things and all of the energy shifts of the past year or so, because mm -hmm. it's been, it really has been so immense. We've all been through like wow, <laughs> um, yes, just a ton, have. a ton of energy and 
um, yeah, things breaking down, new things opening up and really kind of being in this messy middle of transformation right now. But this kind of multi, being aware of this multi-dimensional shift um, has been going on for me for, for a couple of years now. But I had this real kind of aha moment at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. I actually, I got as sick as I've been in years. Um, and oh, I have been, wow. come wood. I haven't been sick since it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew it was the kind of thing as I went through it and the longer it lasted that I knew I was being prepared <laughs> and that mm-hmm. I knew a big shift was was coming um, and that I, you know, really had to do a lot of this releasing and to be able to be on a, a different frequency level. But while in that kind of state of mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, kind of being sick and kind of being exhausted and kind of trying to figure out how to, how to recover, I was really even then thinking back um, to all of the energy I had exerted or used Mm -hmm. or, you know, things, work I had done over the past year. And while each one individually hadn't seemed particularly taxing or tiring, um, you know, the collective of it all, when I kind of got to that point was, oh, wow, I have done a lot this year and um, maybe need to take care of myself and rest Mm -hmm. up for a little bit. And so what, what came through during that time was that I was trying to do it all as my human self, right? I was Mm -hmm. trying to learn all the things, understand how it works, move the energy, do the work when there were all of these other fractals and all of these other versions of myself in other dimensions and other times and whatnot that knew and not only knew how to do this work, but could very easily do it much more so Mm -hmm. than me in my dense human body. And so... (laughs) That was really when they, you know, started showing me, hey, these are all of these other versions of yourself. And, you know, when you're in a situation where you need to do this kind of moving of energy or, you know, healing work or whatnot, just, you just throw it to us. We'll take care of it. (laughs) And and it was really that realization of, oh, 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 it's still me. I'm still doing it, but it's, Mm -hmm. you know, this other version of me, you know, that can work on different levels than the me uh, here on earth. And so, you know, me here on earth in this body is still facilitating things and doing those things, but that it's, I'm not all alone in this. And that, you know, maybe some of these energies that I would have called guides or, um, Mm -hmm you know, helping spirits are just me. <laughs> and it's, you know, we're, we're all here working together. And so, you know, that really b- kind of blew things open in, in my perception and, and my understanding of um, how much is happening simultaneously uh, on all different levels. And it's, you know, it's not just me here. And so that's, that was kind of the big thing for me. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a whole, paradigm shift, you know, from that, the idea that we're, we're separate beings here trying to maneuver through our life to this idea that our physical being is sort of like the front person. It's just right. the, <laughs> it, we're a whole group project in, in process all the time, because just a very small part of who we are energetically is projected into the body. And right. so much is available that is either not tapped into or, you know, just doesn't operate in this kind of realm or is completely operating in the timeless. And, you know, it just comes in at the times that it needs. 
in all kinds of different aspects of this. And I know there's people out there who are going to want to try to make some kind of sense of this as a kind of alternate truth that we're moving from one truth to another truth. But I find that a lot of this stuff, it defies what our brains are able to accept as true because it's so much bigger and more intricate and more fluid than what we can really hold on to. And so kind of flowing with the resonance and idea of it and allowing that to allowing yourself to experience that so you can experience the truth of it and how it's resonating for you rather than trying to make something true independent of your experience of it. Cause everybody's going to be a little different experience of that. And I'll tell you, mine was a similar timeline to yours. So in January, 2020, I had a conversation with somebody that really illuminated something that had been below the surface for a little while. And what I, I realized was like I'd flipped. So my energy had always been like the, the being at the bottom of the ocean, undoing the structures and currents of our 3D world, for lack of a better term. So the emotional currents the and these kinds of things that are operating like way down at the bottom of the ocean, way down. I'm like Scorpio in like six parts of my chart. So like way, <laughs> way down deep. The underworld. The <laughs> yes. underworld. Yes. Like the bottom floor of the ocean. And that's really where I operated. Like I'd taken the energetic systems of the world and the emotional systems in the world and like run them through my system to understand them, to disentangle them, to kind of parcel them out so they weren't so stuck together. And I, you know, I've been doing that so naturally for years and years and years that I just kind of thought that was, that's just what I do. And I, I don't know why I do it. I don't know how I do it, but it's just what I do. And it's took up a lot of my time. But I realized that I had flipped out. So it was no longer that I was at the bottom of the ocean. It's like all of that work had been done. And that now I was like a bird in the air. And like my friend described it, she goes, it's like an albatross where you're just like cruising forever and not needing to land. And you're, you're watching these things from the air and now creating... Let's see, how would I phrase that? So it's about helping to bring in the new energies, feed them through my body and begin to create them in new systems that we're operating through. So it's all this system work, but that, that, that had totally flipped. And not that I really know what that means, but it's this, I, I'm doing the same thing in my body like you're doing the same thing with kind of energy, but just in a whole new and different way that's completely segregated from the 3D operating system and is now more about attuning to what's coming in, even though I have no idea moment to moment what's coming in because it's like this <laughs> giant roller coaster, right? That we're right, all on. Right. And you just kind of write it how it comes and it, it comes and then the energy comes in and it moves through and then it, it flows out in a little bit more, not contained, but formed form, a little more structure to it where it has, yeah. it's like connected to the old to help to bring the old to the new. It's hard to describe how that works for me because it's just such a, such an intuitive process, but that, it was that same kind of thing in that same kind of timeline and then that a similar awareness that, yeah, I'm doing this as my own human self, but 
you know, there's no way I'd be doing this by myself, like, you know, and opening up to, wow, there's like this whole, this whole thing going on. That's me. That's not me at the same time. It's me, but it's not my (laughs) human self. And it's nice because it's like, it's like you're, you're part of your own team. Right. And I think, you know, uh, we're still an important part of the team in that, Mm -hmm. you know, for things to really take effect here on the earth plane, you know, it needs our human body. So we are, we are anchoring these things in. we are bringing things in. There's a lot that these other versions of us can't do here. So Mm -hmm. we are needed, but I've had this conversation with a handful of people now, because I think our human self, especially, um, and for those of us who work with the land, right. We like, we go out, we, we feel called to go somewhere. We know that Mm -hmm. some work's going to be done. We pack our bag, we got all our tools, we're ready to go. And we get out there and we're like, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing happens, right? Uh And so, or, you know, really the message and, and we all kind of, you know, get, get the message in different ways. But, you know, one of my friends just says, oh yes, they just say, sit still and look pretty, right? It's just, there, (laughs) there's nothing to do, but you're doing it. (laughs) Yes. And so you're still needed and you want to go out there and build, and you can, you know, build the giant crystal grid and play your singing bowl and do all of those things. And that's lovely, but literally all you have to do sometimes is show up and that's it. There's nothing else. (laughs) Yeah. Because, and and more and more, I, I, I've stepped back from that. I've always been um, at odds with that idea that like, we need to take charge of our life and create this and, and be that take charge person that, you know, decides what she wants and puts together the plan and all this and, and runs that plan to the end. And I can be that person. It's not my favorite person to be, but over the years, I've realized that it's futile really, because it's something like life happens through us, you know, and it happens. And sometimes it happens to us, but it happens through us and that we're all attuned to particular flows of energy and those flows of energy are flowing through us despite Mm -hmm. what we think we're doing in the world (laughs) and that when you just busy work (laughs) yeah it was honest to god and when I actually realized how much busy work I was doing that wasn't meaning anything I'm like oh I can stop all this this is great (laughs) so I had a lot more time on my hands which was wonderful but it it was really about recognizing okay so I'm it's not like I'm a placeholder but you know all of this stuff is the the energy is flowing it is flowing how it is flowing and it is flowing in a unique way through me as, a, as part of its own flow. It's not me flowing the energy. Like the energy right. is flowing me. I can get in right. the way or I can just flow with it. But right. more and more, I've realized that like so much of this is, is way beyond any kind of control. And that when I surrender to it and I just trust it, everything happens anyway. It's not like I have to control things or plan things or whatever is like it creates its own flow and it's flowing through me. And I, yes, I have to respond to things as they happen, but that beyond that for me, it's just really getting in the way. And so I've really tried to step back for a while anyway, I think, because everything is in such creation mode right now that, that trying to have too much control over it is just not going to work. I, 200 years ago, it's a whole different energy. Like you, you actually could take that energy and, and um, 
use it to create something because a lot of things were being created then. Uh, that right. now, now it's a lot about energy and about you know recreation and, and moving into more energetic forms of living. But the whole, like I, I really started just letting go and letting life live me for lack of a better term. Um, and it's just a struggle yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I want to yeah. take control. Um, for all of it, us. I yes. find it works best. <laughs> it works better uh, if yeah, I it, just let the whole multidimensional self flow and then I do my part in that whole flow. Yeah. And I think if, if we think of any creative pursuit that we enjoy mm-hmm. doing, you know, that um, we usually, you know, we don't sit down to paint or write, or, you know, maybe there's a kind of loose agenda <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, idea. Um, but you're right. The creativity happens through the flow. And so yes. when there's a rigid plan in between the flow and the outcome, then mm-hmm. the, you know, that flow has to work a whole lot harder <laughs> or, you know, you it have does, to have the yeah. fire hose has to be on instead of a, you know, a light trickle in order to get through to the actual uh, creative piece. So you're right. I mean, when we, when we can release some of that need to know, need to, con- you know, have a plan, need to have, you know, an, a specific outcome, then that's when the, you know, creativity strikes and we say, oh, I actually know exactly what I need to do right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even like, cause I'm also, I write fiction and, and um, so I'm a novelist and I know different people have different processes with that, but most mm. novelists that I know that are not like having to do like a, you know, the, the stress related writing the book a year or this one woman, I mean, oh, poor right. thing. She writes for some Amazon company or, or company that publishes through Amazon. She has to write a book every six weeks. Oh my and gosh. She's like, I used to love writing and now writing I couldn't tell like I, because right. now it's all about stress and things like that. But people who are really into the creative process, the story, it's not that a story that you tell, it's the story that's being told through you. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, I think about the, the Harry Potter series and that other people actually have written books or stories similar to the original Harry Potter. Because mm-hmm. in my view, Harry Potter was a, a storyline that wanted to come through and it was kind of come right. through somebody. It's just whoever was the most receptive to the energy and staying true to the energy. And then the whole through line of getting everything published and and writing all of those books, like it was its own creative force flowing through, but she wasn't the only, and J.K. Rowling was not the only person that that story was running through. It was running through, it was was there to be had. And the same thing with inventions, like there's multiple stories of, of inventions being brought to life like the same invention you know from one end of the world to the other before there were ways to to be in easily share yeah that arose at the same time because it was an idea it was an energy who was that wanted to come in right and like that's what it feels like to me like was the energy is flowing you know you just allow if you allow it to flow and we always think about things in terms of productivity because you know we're Westerners and specifically Americans <laughs> That's what here. we've been told is important. And that's what we've been told. Like everything has to be productive. But when you just allow the energy to flow, all kinds of interesting things happen. You make connections and you make friends and all these and all, you know, interesting experiences and stuff. 
but the energy that wants to flow is going to flow. And I, I yeah. just noticed that, especially in the multidimensional space that, that the best service that I can do in that is to allow the flow and then to respond to things as they happen. And then when I'm kind of prompted to take action, to take action and to approach it that way versus taking action to try to get something to flow in a particular way that's kind of operating at odds with flow as it wants to flow, which is kind of how we're taught to do it. Right. And, you know, speaking of our charts, I am a Virgo sun and moon. So there is no one who wants a plan more than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I, I, I'm there. I understand. I will, I will absolutely just say, well, I'm just going to sit down and start writing this because then something will happen. And you're right. It's, it's really, um, and, and, uh, you know, I'm certainly recovering <laughs> perfectionist in that, in that term and, and releasing, uh, control is, is a, a daily thing I have to work on, but, but you're right. I, the energy, I think when it's red time for something to come in, it's in the field for people to mm-hmm. tap into. And it, it really is a matter of, you know, some people will tap into it and feel like, oh, that's interesting, but it's not where I want to spend my energy. And somebody mm-hmm. else will tap into it and say, that's interesting, but I don't like it at all. <laughs> and then a handful of people will tap into it and say, yeah, I want to do something with that. And, you know, and then we get bent out of shape when you see that somebody else had the same idea you did. Well, of course they did. The information is isn't just there for only one yeah. person in the entire world. And each of us is going to do something different with it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it'll be very, uh, very different, um, you know, outcome depending on who it is that, that works on it. But the, all of the information I think is there, you know, kind of floating in our field. And then we, we decide which pieces of it we want to tap into. Yeah. And whatever is most resonant for us as, as whatever resonant beings that we are, because I've had things that I've tapped into that I thought were really interesting, but I had none of the training, you know, mm-hmm. in electricity, mm-hmm. in how things work mechanically to be able to do something with it, where somebody who had that training or that inclination and that understanding could really do something with it. So I was all, I got be like, thank you, pass. <laughs> Send me something I can work with. Uh, this is because... how I feel every time I get sucked into the, you know, kind of quantum physics type things with all of these discussions, because, you know, the information comes through to me and I think I don't, I don't actually know how that works. And I have to go look it up and think, all right, well, now I have a basic understanding, but I'm certainly not, <laughs> yeah. not going to be the one going down the, uh, you know, physics rabbit hole. <laughs> no, but there's interesting because on the quantum level, I think now, because it's so intertwined with spirituality that there mm-hmm. is the science aspect of it, which of course really needs to be brought in by with people who understand those giant size, you know, wall size, what do they call them? Uh, formulas and stuff and equations. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, because that's not me, but I can, and and you can in your own way too. And we we do it very differently, like receive the energetics of something and pick apart how that works. Even if I couldn't explain it in scientific terms. Uh, Because I don't, and a lot of our science can't explain things in scientific terms. You know, that's, it's sort of a speculation before somebody figures out how to prove it or disprove it. You know, it's still an idea. It's, it's interesting how speculative 
mathematics and, and physics can be, particularly quantum <laughs> right. physics, because it's all based on a theory and a theory comes from somewhere. And like the theory is like what I experience in my body energetically, but they've got to, they use formulas to figure out the theory. And I just right. kind of parcel through the energy to figure out how it works together. And so it's, it's the same sort of thing experienced in different ways in different people. And I think it's all part of that, the whole of bringing this new, new earth together, for lack of a better term, that it, we're all experiencing it, these new things in different ways, but they're all part of the larger story. Yeah. And I think different people need to learn it in different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the way I explain it is going to resonate with one group of people and the way you explain it to another and the way a scientist explains it to another, you know, group. Mm -hmm. And it's really putting all of those together that then you have this mass (laughs) understanding or awakening or, you know, whatever the case may be, because from each of our own perspectives and our own understandings, we're able to say, yeah, I get that. And, and I just don't think it's going to, there, it's already happening, but mm-hmm. we won't be able to help, but put, <laughs> you know, science and spirituality together as yes. it was, you know, yeah. <laughs> originally, um, and has been, been broken apart for so long. And, and, you know, what's so interesting to me is that the more I kind of learn about some of these things or, or read into them myself is that all kinds of things can be, you know, proven or shown uh, to be true from kind of a mathematical or or science perspective. But Mm -hmm. as has been happening for thousands of years, if the general consensus is we don't like that idea, (laughs) then we just (laughs) pretend like it doesn't exist. And somebody didn't prove it. (laughs) Yeah, because look at how long it's taken um, quantum physics to become accepted even more right. <laughs> right. as something because even the people that were bringing it in were like yeah I don't like that you know I mean, yeah. Einstein who was like yeah I think this is true but I'm, I'm just not going to talk about it it's spooky I don't like it doesn't fit with my worldview right. I'll put it All out of there, my peers then... say it's not true yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I mean, it's so interesting how we get so we apply the idea of what we believe to be true as true versus right. you know looking at like well what's actually being proven as true in other ways and is, doesn't have validity. So I, I get it. Um, it's hard to change for people. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. get it too. And I'm, I'm right in there. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> so, We're all a, in the club together. <laughs> oh my gosh, aren't we? Because there's all of this, like just kind of to hearken to the multidimensional, boy, there's a couple of ways we could go with this, but to hearken back to the multidimensionality um, aspect that one of the things I think is beneficial about the time that we're in right now and understanding that we're operating in all these multidimensional ways is that so much is being proven untrue and we're open to so many more possibilities that we're not running the same, like we can't run the same stories in the same way without really intentionally sticking our head in the sand or our fingers in our ears and you know, putting the blinders on. Like there's so much evidence for everything. You can always find evidence for what you believe in, but there's so right. much evidence that the things that we've clung to aren't true. And the things that are, are emerging may be true, that we're not able to justify being as tied to a story and particularly a group story or a group experience that we had been in the past when nothing was reflected to us outside of that group experience. And now you can find anything. 
on the internet. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, uh, I think the last year showed us that more than anything, right? If you're, if you're following along with, uh, you know, your friends on Facebook, you, know? mm-hmm. <laughs> you can, it's just so clear that, um, you know, everyone was, was clamoring and grasping at this, you know, what is true. Um, and I need to know mm-hmm. what the truth is. And uh, it's so <laughs> important it. that we know what's yes. true. And I think, you know, going back to kind of what we were saying earlier as well, is that that's one of the things that I've been pushed you know, through my own personal experience to, mm-hmm. um, to see and to begin to accept. And I think it's, you know, kind of step one in releasing, you know, this duality consciousness as well mm-hmm. in saying that what if lots of these things are true and then seeing evidence that it's true. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and if nothing else, that's where you see the evidence, right? You can find one scientific study that says one thing is true and you can find another mm-hmm. good perfectly legitimate scientific study that shows the exact opposite is also true. And so the more that we can start, you know, outside of even science, but just everything looking around and saying, you know, your experience is unique to you as mine Mm -hmm. is to me. And what's true is true for you. And what's true is true for me. And they could be totally opposing truths. (laughs) And um, that's possible when we're in this multidimensional Um, place where many truths can be true all at the same time. But I think this goes back as well to the idea of control, right? When we're so, um, we so need to know, and we so need to Mm -hmm. be confident in our truth, then it's really, really hard to uh, let go and to see other uh, options and to see that there's things right in front of our face that are saying, maybe it's not true. And, you know, can we, can we change our minds? Can we or just, you know, expand our idea of the truth. And I think that's a very um, personal question for each person to uh, grapple with as we continue in this ascension process. Yeah, and I think for me, I'm not a very great grammatic person, but I do like vocabulary. And the difference for me between truth and true is a huge thing, I Mm. think, that's in conflict right now. So you know, like you were saying, people are wanting to know the truth. They want to have something external that, or even an internal version of the external that they can say, well, this I know is true. So if I can conform my life to this, like if if this is true and this is how you succeed in that truth, then I know what I can, I know what to do in order to, you know, succeed in whatever way you want to succeed. This is not necessarily like career success, but if you have a truth, you know how to comport yourself to that truth. And you then know who who's with you and who's against you. Like, you know, it comes a, a truth in that sense comes with its own whole packaging. You've got you and your truth tribe and all of this versus what's true because yeah, and a whole list of rules to uphold the truth. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's so heavy. Yes. But then, and that's kind of this whole truth battle we've had about, you know, we need to know the truth and there is no, there's always contradiction, contradictions within those kinds of truths. Like if a thought form is a truth, then that's one form of truth. Yeah. Complete as its own package. And then there's another contradictory truth complete in its own package. And of course they fight with each other. And, but what's true is completely different than truth. Like what is true is kind of, to me, it feels like a stable 
river versus, um, this is just a feeling thing, a stable river versus sort of these, these competing warring truths. It's like, what is true right. feels like it's multidimensional and it's multi-level because what is true you know, and on an emotional level is can be different than what's true on an energetic level that can be different than what's true on another kind of level. And all these things can be true simultaneously without being a closed truth. I guess that's the difference. To me, truth is a closed loop and true is like an open expansion. And that's to me, the difference between operating in this four-dimensional, three-dimensional, whatever you want to call it, way that we have had where we've had these complete packages of truth that you can buy into whichever ones you feel like buying into to do what it is you want to do to this open-ended expansion of what is true, because that's really humbling when you're in the field of what is true, because then all of a sudden, you know, there is all possibility there is this orientation of needing to be receptive versus being in control and being in the moment versus, you know, planning the past and, and the future. And so I think in playing with the idea of truth and true, to always note where you are in that process. Are you holding on to a truth and making yourself right and somebody else wrong or your, yourself wrong and somebody else right? That yeah. happens too. Or are you kind of oriented to what is true and open to your whole multidimensional being unfolding for you in, in the way that it unfolds for you without trying to make anything right or wrong specifically, but simply being in that. Because in that multidimensional space, I think you were saying on your podcast, that's not a place where there's right and wrong or good and bad. That's non-duality. It's a place where everything exists simultaneously without the emotional duality of right and wrong and good and bad. And that changes everything. Yeah. And I mean, if we really do look at ourselves as, you know, millions of fractals of source energy having Mm -hmm. an experience um, and, you know, growing through that experience as a soul, then that makes everybody's experience true, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. there's, and, and, and correct, not that, you know, again, right or wrong being notwithstanding, but it being important, not only for them individually, but also for the collective and for the whole. Mm -hmm. And for you to be having a particular experience and learning through that experience is important to the collective. Mm -hmm. And not for me to, you know, in my human self to say that's wrong. I don't like how they're doing that. (laughs) I don't like how they're growing. It's different than me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think that's, and again, that shift from duality to unity thinking, being able to see everybody as us and which is let's be honest, really hard to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> in our, you know, in our current state. And, and so it's not like we all just wake up tomorrow and say, Oh, unity consciousness, here we are, I'm a different person now. Um, <laughs> and we have to work through it. Yes. <laughs> like, and figure out what that means for us. And so in order to work through it, we're getting the extreme examples, right, the extreme duality mm-hmm. and the extreme and then saying, where what feels good to you. 
and where where do you feel like you want to be on this what is really a scale and not just a left and a right or a right and a wrong because when you look at even multidimensionality every aspect of the multidimensional is critical to the whole of the whole experience and mm-hmm. even when you look at something like a truth like a thought form of truth uh, whether you look at it as in terms of a religious truth or a political truth or a moral truth or whatever it happens to be, within that whole system, all the view, everything, all the viewpoints are represented. So if you imagine it like a stage play, you can't be your character on that stage in that play unless you have com- characters that you are in, that you're interacting with, and right. most of the time they're not interacting in a way that's like, oh, I, this is great. Let's all do this together and think this together because nobody would go see the play. Like we like to have the conflict. You know, if if you wrote, if you wrote a book and everybody was happy all the time and you know, nothing bad happens, nobody would read it. But this whole idea that, that we play off of one another and that all of these things are required in order to get a sense of the whole of that truth. Yeah, and you can't play all the parts. No, you can't. You need somebody else to play the part or else it gets really boring. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's all, it's hard when you're in the, the fear of it. And when you're, when you're trapped in like the, the need to be right or wrong, like when you're really into that aspect of the energy of it, everything can be so prying and so hard and really make you know life just unpleasant but when you allow yourself to be in this multi-dimensional state and you don't have to attach rightness and wrongness to everything it really makes things much easier and more flowing and it's a it, it's a hard habit to break trying to latch on to a, a to what's true because we want to because it makes us you know it feeds certainty and it makes us feel like you know we know who we are we know what we're doing because we have this truth but really you know the whole forward motion is about being in this uncertainty of the multidimensionalness and the uncertainty of things unfolding without having to attach ourselves to a position within that unfolding in a highly emotionally charged way yeah and you know i mean like anything it's easy for us to sit here and and talk about these ideas and Mm -hmm. you know big, you know, hypothetical types of things. But the reality is, is, you know, that we, these experiences are playing out with, you know, our partners and our, Mm -hmm. you know, friends and our parents and our siblings. And when you have to stand there in front of them and, you know, decide whether or not, you know, you're going to agree with them, disagree with them, or just let them have whatever (laughs) experience and opinion they're having, you know, that's, that's when the rubber meets the road. And that's, you know, that's the experience of being human. That's what, that's what we're here to do. And we, we don't always get it right. And I don't think we're supposed to, <laughs> you know, I think no, that's part no. of the experience. It is, but the experience is going to get easier and easier. <laughs> the more Fingers crossed. Let go. Well, no, I'm saying the more that we can let go of the duality yeah. way of thinking right. and being. And I had somebody right. say this to me one time, like when you're in conflict with somebody and it's actually better to do it before you're in conflict, but somebody that you live with or that you know, or part of a member of your family, somebody that you have a deep connection with, because it's those connections that usually trigger us the most. 
that mm-hmm. to just kind of go through and bring call that person to to name each of these people for yourself and just you know get into that place of love and and uh, awareness and say you know i i am you you are me we are love and to allow that deeper awareness to be part of the whole experience of that person that even when you're in conflict if you know that the conflict is at that surface level and and deep down beneath it is this unity of love even if that's not your experience in the moment doing that outside of that moment can really help to deepen that the relationship with that person and and bring you into a state where you are more able to stay in a more neutral state or a more loving state, even when things get a little more heated or charged. Yeah. And I think anybody who has, you know, really taken that to heart and uh, that kind of practice has probably seen results of, you know, we, we think that we're not so energetically entangled uh, as we are (laughs) with each other. And that when we actually can set an attention and just say, you know what, this isn't for me to go out and heal with this person or, you know, resolve or, you know, chase them down until they'll speak to me again, or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be that when you, work on, you know, your end of holding the intention for healing and working on, you know, feeling that vibration in yourself and holding that, that love that your external environment starts to shift and Mm -hmm. other people suddenly, you know, behave in ways you didn't expect them to, or they, (laughs) um, you know, they hadn't before. And it really, it is to that point of holding them in love and, and, holding yourself in love and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, really having those intentions for, you know, the highest outcome for all involved and suddenly doors open that you didn't think could open and there are shifts all around you and you didn't have to do anything, but, you know, hold that intention and hold that love on, you know, in your own heart. Yeah. Because that's what brings multidimensionality into play. And Mm -hmm. our relationships aren't just played out on the physical level. Our relationships are played out on the multidimensional level. And, you know, you can, if you want to heal or heal a relationship with somebody, if you hold that healing intent and then you just ask and invite that the whole multidimensional process helps to bring about whatever the healing or resolution is best for both of you, because the other person may choose not to participate. But exactly. when, when you come to that and you call on that larger part of you to, to help to organize that, and I do that a lot because I, I don't know what to do most of the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of get into that place of like, well, this would be really nice. Please make, you know, please organize this for me. And when you, even if you're doing it a little bit in, in the beginning is in jest, like, okay, mm-hmm. if you're really out there. You know, what can you do with this? It you can begin to prove to yourself that it's reliable because there are a lot more aspects of you at play in any given situation than you ever might have thought about before. And I'm sure that my limited scope of what what I've experienced and what I believe is available is still just vastly limited compared to what's really true out there. Yeah, absolutely. They're, we're at like level one of what we can understand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? And what yeah, we can level one's kind of bodies. exciting. 
I know, but it's, it feels like something's <laughs> happening, right? <laughs> it does feel like something's happening. And level one is a lot of fun and level 10 is going to be amazing and everything right? in between. <laughs> uh, but it, it does, it takes a little bit of, of t- trust and testing and faith and fun and making it fun is helpful. Uh, but I think anybody who's ever had one of those serendipitous experiences, if you can think about that, like who organized that? Right. It wasn't How you it was a, as a person, <laughs> it was something else. And, you know, you can describe it to lots of things, but whatever it happens to be, chances are it's, it's something that's multidimensional. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. And that's, and I think those are the pieces that are so hard for us to trust or think, you know, yeah you know, is that really real? Did that really happen? And, and, you know, even, gosh, maybe it was early, early summer last year, I had a a very specific uh, experience in a dream where I was shown uh, these Stargate portals opening, you know, Mm -hmm. here where I, where I live. And so the next day I kind of tuned into the energy and uh, to one of the the spirits that's here on the land um, saying, how did that get there? What, where did that come from? And he just kind of shrugged and said, I don't know, you put it there. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't put that there. Mm-hmm. And then I had to think, oh, oh, I put it there. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like it was, the big you know, the, the much bigger I than, than me. And so uh, this version of me was just allowed to see what I was up to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it's can be just a little, I think it's just a little shift though, too, to, to just kind of be like, okay, yeah, there is this other part of me that's that's scripting things for me. That it's, it's organizing stuff on on behalf of my physical being, and yeah. even just to to allow yourself to possibly believe it, and to right. maybe ask for some ask for some verification. There's nothing wrong with that. To ask for right. some verification, to begin to play with that for yourself, and find ways to trust it and to use it and to prove that it's true for you. Cause I went through uh, the other day and I was really finding a lot more confirmation for that kind of truth than I was for the separation based truth. Like the, that I made anything work cause that's never right. actually worked out for me. So it's only ever, things have only ever worked when I've just let go and said, well, you know, I'm here for the ride. <laughs> right. <laughs> Show me what's next. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. All right, so Zer, um, let's wrap this one up and talk about something fun in our next conversation. I also wanted you to know that I am talking with some of my conversations from the Edge of Guests and other interesting people on Clubhouse. So if you are on Clubhouse, then please look me up. It's Christine Madera, and that's Christine Madera with a K, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, Madera, like a mad era, like the one that we're in, M-A-D-E-R-A. And check out my events. I will eventually have a club that you can join so that you can never miss anything. Right now, you can look at the podcast notes to see when our scheduled time is, or just check me out find out my events because I'll be adding them as we move along. So I would love to have you as part of our conversation. So is there anything that you want to tell people before we go? And um, you can also share your links and, and how people can reach out to you. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You can find me online at following hawks like the bird. Uh, so I'm at followinghawks.com and I'm also on Instagram at following hawks and you can find my podcast and my online course and all of those things there. 
All right. And you can always find all of her links as well at conversationsfromtheedge.net. So thank you, Amy. It's, it's always just so much fun talking with you. Thank you so much for having me back. I, I love these conversations. All right. I'm looking forward to our next one. This is your host, Christine Madeira. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.